Welcome to the Powered by Age, age-friendly city Zoomcast reality-style podcast. We are movers and shakers, shaking up the old notion of silent, helpless, invisible seniors. This is a new series of podcasts funded by the City of Vancouver and the 411 Senior Center Society. As PBA AFC ambassadors, we raise awareness, share our original stories and poems, inform, advocate, and involve seniors in discussing important social issues. In short, these podcasts will help us, you, in creating an age-friendly city for Vancouver today, tomorrow the world. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. Okay, welcome to Powered by Age, Age-Friendly City. This is a podcast in the making. We are going to today introduce each person and uh, we're going to be talking about advocacy and also giving a, a forecast of topics that we plan to do in the upcoming weeks so that people that want to work on and be involved with those issues will be able to do so. Um, so Chris, we'll start with you. Oh, I'm, I'm Chris Morrissey and I live in East Van and I belong to a group called Quirky, Queer Imaging and Writing uh, for C Collective for Elders. And we meet every week at, um, at Britannia normally. Now, of course, we meet every week using Zoom. So I'm happy to be here and to meet with others from other parts of the city who are also aging and old or however we want to define ourselves um, and, and to meet people from other parts of the city. Uh, Leslie? Yes, I'm Leslie Hebert. I live in New Westminster. Um, I teach English online uh, using Skype. Uh, I'm also a writer, a member of the New Westminster Literary, uh, New Westminster Literary Arts. And uh, I'm also a member of the New Westminster Council of Women, although that hasn't been very active recently given the current situation. But it's an advocacy organization, so perhaps uh, this will relate to some of the topics that we'll be dealing with coming up. Hi everyone, I'm Judith Rainey and I'm a member of the South Granville Senior Center. Mm. I live in the Fairview Slopes area and I'm just I'm basically a citizen at large, I guess. Okay, Luke. <laughs> hey, I'm Luke and I'm working with 411 uh, to help them transition their programming from in real life to some online digital offerings. Um, totally hit by allergies today, so if I'm sniffling a lot, please forgive me. I'll try to keep my finger on the mute button here. Okay. Uh, Adele? Hi, uh, I'm Adele. I started working for the 411, um, and I'm also a filmmaker and a poet. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to... I actually do advocacy work myself um, with... Uh, I was kind of volunteering for Amnesty for a while. Um, so I'm really looking forward to discussing um, what advocacy means. Uh, around advocacy, what does advocacy mean to you? Judith, what does it mean to you? It uh, means speaking up and identifying uh, relevant organizations and people in the city and the provincial government and the federal government that can assist. What is your take on advocacy, Leslie? Um, yeah, uh, things that Judith said, uh, plus perhaps networking, uh, speaking for people who need people to speak for them, uh, perhaps the disadvantaged um, people that are outside the mainstream. Uh, Adele, you said you were involved in advocacy. What does advocacy mean to you and how did you experience it? Well, I said advocacy to me kind of like, it, it looks like uh, being able to speak up on other people's behalf. You know, um, some of us, I mean, it's also like and how, how you use the privileges that you have in your own life to be able to empower other people who are disadvantaged. Um, and so getting onto, and so providing people platforms to speak up about issues or being the face of certain issues and movements um, so that things will um, move forward. 
Um, but I love to see advocacy as um, having words or having a voices heard that usually are silenced um, and providing them to feel powerful and to be able to say what they need to say. So that's how I've looked at advocacy. Um, and I try to be an advocate myself by um, following up on injustices and um, speaking up on people's behalf and stuff like that. So. Trying to make society a better place. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, it's hard, but um, all we can do is try and keep providing our voice. Pat, introduce yourself. And we, right now we're talking, our topic today is uh, advocacy. And so what is your definition or experience with advocacy? Okay, um, well, I'm Pat, as we all know <laughs> by this time. Sorry, I'm late. I, I couldn't find the link. Uh, yeah. So thank you for sending it. Um, well, my experience with advocacy has been a lot uh, over the years with um, women and violence and, and speaking out and for lesbian rights. Um, and, and children uh, to, to some extent too, as well as, um, you know, speaking out about racism and, um, and, other, and other, other kinds of discrimination is what, I, is what I'm trying to be conscious of all the time and, um, and living it my life and living it being part of my life, yeah. What, for, for me, one of the elements of advocacy is working to bring about change. Um, like the, whether the changes, uh, whether we're, we're accompanying somebody and, for example, they're having trouble with the ministry of some ministry and they want people to accompany them to advocate on their behalf. But there's also a collective advocacy um, where a group of people come together because they want to uh, they want to bring about change. And I've been involved in that kind of advocacy to the point where a number of years ago, on the federal level, we myself and a few other people that organized with me managed to get the federal government to change. Uh, to change immigration legislation. So there's, there's an, a self-advocacy. Um, and, and my experience is the self-advocacy that's done with other people. I always go by Margaret Mead's, mm -hmm. Margaret Mead's saying, right, about something about, it's something about a small group of committed people uh, are the only things that have actually brought about change. And so, so that for me is a significant part of advocacy. It can be behalf on, on an individual. It can be behalf on myself. It can be behalf of, on behalf of a group of people that we all share. I, I, we all share similar concerns or similar identification. For example, now we're all of a certain age. And if we saw there was something that was unjust in the law, or unjust in the practice, the way the law was, um, the way the law was applied, then we get together and we form a group and we say, we want this to change. And so we advocate for the change to come about for the better for all of us. Mm -hmm. uh, Judith, what do, what have some of your experiences with advocacy or issues been? Oh my, <laughs> going back a ways. Uh, so I uh, would connect with friends and colleagues and thought about um, writing mm, to bring about change, writing music and songs. And um, were it's really mm, very difficult to explain, but it was sort of behind the scenes. You mentioned a song because there have been a lot of process uh, awareness songs and protest songs that people have written to uh, affiliate or associate with particular movements or issues. Right. 
Pat, do you find, what, what are some of the risks in uh, being an advocate or getting involved in an, uh, an advocacy around a particular issue? I guess it depends. I think nowadays it's a lot easier because there, it's so, there's so much of it out there. That, I mean, people, it's a language people are, um, see a lot, but I know that when we did a lot of work, when I was in the Okanagan, we opened up a transition house for women and did a lot of stuff. We were, it was, um, it was not easy and, you know, people were not, um, were not um, necessarily supportive of what, what we were doing. And certainly when we, then there was, when lesbians started speaking out about their own rights and, and being recognized for who they were, uh, there was a lot, there was a lot of threats and so on like that. So, um, but I think, I think as I see it anyway, and as we live it now that th things are, Certainly, certainly, there still is a, a, a lot of dangers, but it's it's not the same as it was back then. At least with some issues. Uh, on the other hand, there are some issues that are, are very prominent now: racism, particularly as we speak right now in 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 the, in the Chinese and the Asian community around COVID nineteen. It's it's pretty horrible. So. Yeah, I've I've been involved in both advocacy and um, protest movements. Advocacy is at that point where you first start just raising people's awareness. Uh, when I was initially, I started, was in college at Wayne State University and there was no black studies program. And around the country, different people were having peaceful meetings with administrations presenting the cause for, um, you know, research, the need, uh, validation and in some places it was fine and then it wasn't until it moved to having demonstrations or protests and then they got to be news media because sometimes police moved in and hit disturbed you know didn't allow people to exercise their democratic right uh to protest uh my experience at wayne state was you know People ask, we asked for a meeting, Black Student Association asked for a meeting with the president, it was denied. Then organizing a march and a protest, when the news media picked up on it, then all of a sudden we got a meeting with the president. And then they began to work to facilitate it through. Uh, with some of the things of raising awareness, back to the Vietnam War, there were people meeting, uh, helping people to understand why it was a morally <laughs> corrupt war and some people were ostracized you know getting involved you know because the media sometimes when people organize to advocate or organize to uh, educate they will say they're troublemakers and dissidents and so then this kind of uh, schism comes up between the people who are saying oh you undemocratic people and other people saying you know it's a participatory democracy and we have a right uh, it's happening now, you know, it happened with, uh, in the anti-war movement, I experienced being gassed, you know, a peaceful demonstration, being in a place in, you know, the capital of the country where people are supposed to be able to go and present their case. Uh, people saying, no, there's this line, if you cross this line, you'll be gassed. And so they actually did gas people. So some of the risks sometimes, according to how much you believe a thing and when it moves from, when you're raising awareness and when you are making appeals to a government or appeals to an organization and they either don't hear you or try to limit your ability to speak, then things get ugly. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, I think there, uh, I had an experience with it in, in, uh, in, <laughs> Uh, interviewing students at Simon Fraser close to the time of the election. And so we were asking people a question that started right at the 411 Center. Uh, the Philosopher's Cafe uh, had a discussion about it is dangerous not to know what the issues are because the media sometimes just covers sound bites. And so they had quite an interesting discussion. So I was attempting to have the same type of discussion, you know, with some students you know, what's your issue? What issue do you think the people running for office should talk about? And there were so many people who said, oh, I don't get involved with politics. You know, that's demonstrations, that's bad. Or people might think that I'm, uh, you know, I'm not grateful for my education. So I think that those of us, 
you know, have you had that kind of experience with talking with people about getting involved around peaceful discussion of an issue or peacefully agitating for change? I have. I feel like um, so I, come from, I come from South Sudan and uh, a lot of the issues that are going on with the country are general, it's like the aftertaste of imperialism and trying to advocate for um, them to be seen through my films or to, and to get their stories made has been really challenging because um, the story is, is so it's deep and uh, the origins of it um, are like, uh, what's it called? where you have to point fingers, you know? And so I think one thing about advocacy or trying to like help, help um, a marginalized group is the resistance that comes with it just because nobody wants to take fault for something uh, or for the issues. Um, and so trying to do it um, with a neutral approach has been the most difficult because, you know, we, we advocate for those things that we're passionate about but passion sometimes can um, change the way that you, uh, passion has a funny way of expressing itself. You know, especially when you get into a group mentality, you know, you all start to fire each other up. And so I think the difficulty with advocacy is um, trying to remain neutral and trying to remember what the cause is and the point of everything and how you go about it, you know. Because um, the, the, the most important thing is not to, your, your job isn't to try to make enemies. You know, your job is just to try to just show why this is important and why people need to be heard or seen um, or supported, you know. Um, but every time you do that, you kind of bring out the shadow of how this all happened, you know, and then nobody wants to take fault. And so I feel like that's what the difficulty with advocacy is. And then also, like, our, the systems that are put in place in our, in our world, you know, we've got, like, everything has been put, it has, it's become systemic, you know. Um, and so trying to undo an archaic system while trying to advocate for change with a conservative, like, governing body, I don't know, it's, it's really hard. So I think trying to find the change and trying to um, be a voice without creating enemies, I think is probably the most difficult thing that I found with being an advocate. But at the same time, I think it is important to keep your truth and to you know, fight for what you believe in with, and, not, and not mind that and be polarizing. So there's this, all this uh, controversy that happens inside of yourself where you're like, but what should I do? How should I do this? Blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> um, but I, those are the challenges that I've found with advocacy and all the questions I've come up with myself where I'm like, so at which point am I, at which point am I getting lost in the sauce where I'm like, okay, when you start advocating for something, people start to see you and then they distract you, you know, that's what the media does. They're like, ah, look over here. Oh, look, look, look. And then you forget what you're doing. So there's all these things that you have to try to maintain when trying to, to make changes and, um, you know, see that change. Um, but yeah, that's what I've seen. <laughs> Anybody else want to chime in here? I guess it's, it's always hard to be, on the leading edge, right? Um, I kind of think about the environmental movement when it first started out, you had Greenpeace and Rainbow Warrior and they were kind of, you know, they got a lot of criticism from the mainstream. Um, now environmental concerns, you know, 20 or 30 years later are much more mainstream, yeah. but it was because of the battles originally that the environmental advocates were willing to undertake, right? Yeah. Same with the union movement, same thing, right? Well, somebody needs to pave the way, right? I mean, when you mm -hmm. path, usually when you're walking through it, it's filled with like thorns and blah, 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 and you have to go through, and one person needs to go tread it out, and then so that everybody else can walk it later. Um, mm. And that's what I've seen in, in like a, in history, you know? Like mm -hmm. the pattern that repeats itself is, you know, there's this big road full of trees and everything is covered. And you got to go tread your way through it so that next, the next people can walk through. So I think it all depends on which part of the movement you become, whether you want to lead it or you want to try to continue on a path that's already been created. Um, so advocacy can be really difficult because I guess it's trying to find where you belong in there. And then yeah, it's sort of interesting looking back. You know, we admire the brave ones that led the way, but do any of us, you know, are any of us really brave enough to do that? I think very few of us are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 
it's I don't know it's it's a challenging and interesting dichotomy to try to like and and uh, to learn and you and I think it's also the advocacy it's a lot of unlearning you know um, every twenty years or every ten years we need to just change the way we do things and it can be really hard because nobody likes change and we're mm-hmm. all really it. so when you're advocating for something to to, to be different you know um, what do you think I think. Well, I think with, you know, the BC, not BC nurses, the nurses in um, Ontario and in Quebec, they were last night, uh, many were protesting and and just outraged at the condition that the military found when they went into senior homes. And uh, people said, we've been talking about it for years, but now uh, it's come to a head. So many people have died. And so the nurses... I think in stepping out, there are probably people that criticize them, but I don't know, what do you feel? Did you see any of the protests by the nurses last night when the military uh, released their report on the condition of um, senior care facilities? I I just read it, I didn't see it. Uh, Yeah, I just read the report. I haven't seen it. I was was watching all the protests in the States about um, I forget the name of the, of the man that was killed, you know, by the police. Oh, yeah. Out in, in Minneapolis, I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what, that's crazy on social media right now. Everybody's discussing and they're writing really, really intensely. So the world's in a state of chaos right now, but that's what happened, you know. <laughs> but I think, you know, that it just kind of, when we say, what is our role? So it means, at some points, the things that are being addressed, people had addressed them before, like within the States, Black Lives Matter uh, beginning and, and protesting about how police were using chokeholds and other legal things, killing people or seriously injuring black people. And there were some people saying, oh, the civil rights movement is over. Uh, you got all your rights. Why are you, you know, they were stopping traffic on the freeways, uh, doing some really dangerous things to bring people's attention. And it seemed like you know, it had died down and then, you know, people could clearly see this officer grinding his knee into a man's neck until, you know, he caused him to die. So I think, you know, with the nurses and people who were protesting and, you know, some families who had lost family members that said, we've been telling the government this for years, that uh, there wasn't adequate staffing, uh, people weren't being looked after. And so the two premiers were, I think, feeling embarrassed, but it also made me think, you know, about us, other people who hear a group talking about something, you know, how do we move in, you know, to support that, to bring attention to it. Uh, Do you have examples of where that's happened, where somebody, you know, had been protesting something, but then uh, as other people got concerned, they began to, to support them? Can you repeat that question? No, I was saying, do you see other examples of things that have happened, you know, within Canada or worldwide where they've been an issue, like this environmental issue, you know, you mentioned people were being called tree huggers or some people were making fun of the environmentalists. But now we have uh, children who people said weren't interested in politics at all that are organizing massive protests. So I was saying, do you see other places where, you know, it'd been a long-standing issue and people were talking about it but then the difference that came about when more people you know mm. moved from awareness to supporting i think a lot of first nations issues are having this now you know for years they were fighting for um i think like i think we talked about this yesterday the missing indigenous women that inquiry has people uh it's been going on for so long and um it took a long time to get any coverage you know um and now people are starting to stand behind it and support it to be like the discrepancy in the way that women are treated, women on the downtown side and those that are marginalized. So I've noticed something in Canton, Vancouver is marginalized groups are starting to get, are being advocated for more. Um, there's a big PC culture that's starting to, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? That's starting to make things softer. I mean, nothing disappears, but people are starting to um, watch the um, and I think that that's a movement that has been that, that has been changed, kind of like changing its course. But um, yeah, I think a lot of first uh, First Nations issues 
are finally being addressed by everybody. You know, people are standing in solidarity um, and uh, fighting against the government for the building of uh, what's it called pipelines and all the other stuff. So the fact that we're respecting First Nations land, um, all of us together, and starting to uh, stand behind in solidarity with the chiefs and uh, the First Nations people, I think that's a big issue that we haven't haven't seen before. A lot of it is just understanding what the issues are. I mean, many people just weren't aware before. So, you know, there's a, a lot of education goes into that as well. Yeah. I guess I think that, you know, when we talk about the, the protests and the protest songs and things like that, I think that's what precedes advocacy because that is what raises people's awareness. Mm -hmm. And so people become conscious of the fact that the way things are right now is unjust for again with involving whichever group whether it's whether it's uh, first nations people whether it's people of color whether it's black people whether it's lgbt folks it's a question of recognizing that there are injustice and injustices and inequality and to a great extent you do need to have enough people behind a movement or recognizing that that's there in order for there actually to come about change. Because, because most of the change we're talking about is, or what we need and want is systemic change. We want the system to change, right? Mm -hmm. We want the legislation to change. And so first we need to, first there's this whole movement of raising awareness. And then once there's enough people that have, that have that are aware and educated and who are willing to come forward then and organize i mean there's the first level of organization which is which is the the the, the awareness raising but but then you need there i think there needs to be uh, there needs to be uh, a group of people that are actually going to work on this in a in a systemic way to actually bring about the change because the change is in the system. I mean, the, the problem is with the system, like the problem with the problem with, um, with residential schools, that was a systemic issue. Now there's, and the problem with violence against women is a, there's a systemic issue. So we need to, I think we have to raise the awareness level first and then when that's raised and there's enough people that support a change, then, then people start to actually advocate for the change. Um, I mean, one of the things they say about advocacy is about speaking truth to power. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I mean, my, my experience, and whether it's the power of a single um, worker for the, I always call income assistance, whether it's a single person in, in, in an office who we know that the legislation is there, but the person just is not applying it, right? Or they have an attitude that doesn't make it possible for mm -hmm. them to respond to the need of the person in front. So they take along an advocate, somebody who can say to them, look, this is not okay. And we need you to, in this case, apply the practice uh, to, to this person in front of you. But on the upper level, I mean, for example, I'm horrified. I sent a letter to my M MLA because when the federal government started giving out $2,000 a month uh, to people to help them survive this loss of jobs and things, I sent a letter to the RMLA saying, you know, the federal government seems to think that you can live on $2,000 a month, right? What are we doing in this province with welfare? Nobody who's on welfare gets $2,000 mm -hmm. a month. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I mean, I just took, I just did that individually. <laughs> and I know there have been lots of groups that have organized around those kind of issues, but we don't always get the change that we need right away. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go on and on and on. Um, I mean, the stuff with the, with the problems of the police in the USA, I mean, there's been, there's been um, protests around that for many years. 
but and there still needs to be protests because the change hasn't actually happened yet mm -hmm. right i mean if they charge these last policemen with murder i'm not sure that will that be will that be a a a, a new thing i can't re i can't personally remember a time when a police officer has been involved in something that it's gone beyond being fired I don't, this one I don't is atypical know. because it's the first time, a lot of times they've been put on administrative leave. And yes. in some of the news groups, uh, the man that was, where they first start, protesters started doing, uh, I can't breathe. Uh, yeah. Man that was killed in, in uh, New, New York. That person was never charged with anything in, in several other cities. Yeah, so I, I think it will be a difference. Uh, the, the, the presence too of a camera the oh, the camera made a difference. So the fact that there were bystanders standing around yeah. yelling at the cop to leave the man yeah. alone. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a way of advocacy. And it just seems mm. to be without people telling people, use your phone. There have been people like the, the, the two policemen that shot, uh, followed a black man, shot him. Uh, somebody was videotaping it. And now they are saying that the videotaper was even connected to that group. So there's mm. a power in... Uh, mm using the camera and i think people just in seeing when something goes viral uh the shift that it makes around the movement that more people are carrying in their camera or being bold enough to take a picture and yeah turn and it over. you know that you know those camera you know those videos raise awareness they make people realize what's going on mm -hmm. so how do you do you think do you think that um sometimes people say that uh seniors or older people are passive so they don't really in the elections at the local level as well as at the national level they don't didn't seem to specifically address uh it, seniors issues what do you think it would take to get uh seniors or whatever we call ourselves people said they don't want to be a senior they don't want to be uh older but people of a certain age how do we get them uh, change the perception? Because that's part of what this podcast is about. How do we change the, 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 the perception of older people as invisible or powerless or not interested in uh, the issues of the day? I, th I think just as we've been talking about by writing letters, by speaking out, by addressing issues that are ageist or ignoring seniors, um, yeah and eventually protests or whatever whatever it takes but by having a voice you know a very very strong public voice by seniors and by people much younger yes you know, who, yeah i feel like any any real issue needs to be a, like a multi-generational conversation right yeah. we, we all have different perspectives to provide on an uncertain issue but i think that uplifting seniors allowing and, and like hearing from them just because i feel like the way that we learn about our lives is through history right like we have to look back at the past and um what what roads to avoid or like you know history has a beautiful way of, of recreating itself so i think seniors voices are that are important because they've lived it you know what i mean we're not like as humanity we definitely are really good at keep doing the same thing over and over again we're insane in that way so I think having multi-generational conversations around certain advocacy issues really helps uh, provide clearer perspectives so that we can avoid, you know, recreating its, um, the, our past in that way. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's unfair to stereotype seniors as passive. That's a stereotype, right, which we've got to challenge because yes. the passive seniors were probably passive earlier in their lives, right? The feisty seniors were probably always feisty or they've learned not to care throughout their lives about, you know, and some people as they get older are much less concerned about what people think than they were when they're younger. I think I put myself in that category. I used to really care about what people thought when I was younger. I don't really care so much now. Um, mm -hmm. Other people have been kind of beaten back by life and kind of worn down by life. But again, you know, seniors are not just one homogenous group. Right. That's right. The other thing I think that's interesting, I don't know the stats, but what I do remember is when they talk about how many people vote, the reality is there are more older adults that vote than any other than any other demographic in 
of, of the people. The problem is not that we don't vote or we're not engaged. The problem is pe the politicians are not listening because, I mean, they're beginning to listen now because there's been such a hue and cry. But I mean, the things that if you, if you hear what the nurses and the care aides say, and I've said myself when my partner was in residential care, that we've been saying those things for years and years and mm -hmm. years for, for a long time. And there hasn't been, there hasn't been the political willingness to pay attention, right? But now they know that they have to pay some attention because there's a lot more people now that have recognized that they're affected by this, by this mm -hmm. issue. And so the, the politicians have to pay attention. We'll see. I, what I'm hoping is that this continues on past the COVID, right? Mm, That's yes. always the fear for me is right now everybody's talking about it and it's on the radio talk shows constantly. Um, the prime minister talks about it. But, but for years, there's been people advocating for a national, uh, a, a national strategy around, around aging and older people. And there never has been one, right? And so finally, maybe there'll be a response this time around. But I'm just, I'm always afraid that once the, once the, the eyes of the public, public and the eyes of the media are not on the issue anymore, that, that the politicians forget and go back to whatever it is, whatever it is. Yeah, and that's a very valid concern. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, when we were physically meeting, we had people from four different senior centers as well as some in, you know, in individual organizations coming. What are things that we can do now to either contact senior groups or people to uh, suggest to them <laughs> like you wrote a letter to your representative, are there things that we can put in the mail? Are there things that we can you know, say or show within our program? What can we do to bring more older people contacting their representatives to say, we want, you know, how do you stand? Or this is the stand we'd like for you to take on this issue of residential care. My focus right now is on trying to entice a uh, 90-year-old friend of mine to uh, get involved with Zoom meetings. So she's very resistant. And I, I'm really trying to um, get around that. So uh, I guess I need to understand her perspective more to maybe bring her over. But it's on a really individual, personal level for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say as well, you know, we're stronger together, right? So um, yeah. an individual voice does not have as much power as a group voice. So there are advocacy organizations out there, umbrella organizations that um, can advocate for things. So quite often it's a matter of working with those groups and lots of them have connections they write position papers they lobby the government you know so um as a group it's uh, very often more powerful and you can get more results that way than just working as an individual so find a group of like-minded people you know always yeah yeah Someone mentioned meetup. What are some ways, since we're using this virtual space, what are some ways that we can um, meet up or link with like-minded people that uh, want to see a change or want to see this issue not disappear as soon as COVID disappears or as soon as the reporters disappear? Well, one of, we had last week, I think it was, there, there were two women from Costco. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a BC organization of organizations of older adults and so that organization takes on these various issues that affect us now i'm i used to be a member and i used to be active but more recently i haven't been 
but but I think even becoming a member of those organizations and at least having your name attached, um, there's a few, I have a few things that I know people say about, you know, signing petitions and things like that, but there's a few organizations that put things out online. The ones I follow all have to do with refugees. They don't have to do with, with older adults. But, you know, there's, there's a petition. And some of these things, they get, they get 200,000 people who have signed the petition. Mm -hmm. And there are changes that happen. It's because there's a centralized organization that takes on the responsibility of putting it together. And then the rest of us just sign on or just support or just agree. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think in BC, certainly around seniors issues, um, there's being a member of Costco or certainly being, um, finding out what Costco's about. The other thing that we have in BC here that, that I'm not sure how many provinces do, but we have a seniors advocate here mm -hmm. that's a provincially funded position. Now, mm -hmm. I know that she's had, I've been to some of the, the, the forums and gatherings and things like that that she's had. But, you know, I, I, I think being in contact with being, at least following what's happening on that level then if there's something that comes up, then we can put a, join our voice to it, right? Yes. I, I wanted to ask a question of uh, Joel and Luke. Uh, some of you may not know, we have now uh, a website and people have called or they've asked about, uh, you know, for the places that they hear our podcast, for example, do they have to join something? Or whatnot, but could you speak to the, the PBA uh, website? Is that some place that if we were posting things to be uh, attended to, or if we had like the sample letter that Chris wrote, if you that, if that letter were a template that somebody uh, could use, is there a way that we could put it on that website? Yeah, the website is. Uh, I'm actually just working on it this week. Um, so for for the, the general public, it could be a place where they can go and find the podcast and more information about what we're working on, and, or if they wanted to get involved, that would be their first kind of touch point. Um, but then on the on the behind the scenes part, I'm trying to get it set up as a place where we can manage um, member lists, maybe episodes for review, uh, tagging our, our episodes with with hashtags and, um, and themes and that kind of stuff. So just working on some ways to get us a little bit more organized. Um, but it's not, I'm not ready to show it to you guys yet. But <laughs> hopefully next week. Is, is it Powered by Age web, website? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So now, what's functional on the site now? It's, it's right now it's, it's shut down for the moment. Oh, so, okay. I'll... So there's a place, is it on the 411 site that people see the links to the program? It's on our, it's on our anchor page. So anchor.fm slash powered by age. Is there a way you could screen share and show that? So do I have to give you sheet screen sharing? Um, Okay. Because I'm thinking as we have these different discussions, if something comes up like in this one, when you could, uh, if we'd mentioned something that was good or the effective that you used and we wanted to say, well, listeners want to use it, you could go to our website and you could see a template for a letter about an issue. Uh, other things that might, you know, evolve as we come along, but I'm thinking that might be something we could build the capacity to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically what we're working on with Leslie and 411 is we're trying to get, uh, we're trying to use this podcast experiment um, to create a model that other seniors organizations could maybe replicate <clears throat> in different areas around the country. 
um, just so it, you know, I don't know how many organizations there are around Canada, but, um, you know, if we could create kind of a blueprint, then maybe it would be easier for them to get up and running and, and launch their own similar program. It's tagging onto that with a comment that uh, uh, Judith made about teaching someone. We do have, um, from both UBC and from Simon Fraser, people that are in technology and communications programs that want to be involved. And one thing, there was an AgeWell uh, conference earlier in the week, and different groups that are using Zoom and remote communications, they've said that there's a need to do the old fashioned thing of calling people up. That there's some people that just, you can't you know, tell them over the phone, we just, I mean, or tell them through an email that we have to call. So part of the time, both Adele and Robin are um, production associates and mentors to this group. They are calling people, some of the people that have never been on to find out, you know, why they haven't been on or to invite them. And then um, this program was called a peer-to-peer -peer program so that there've been a couple of people who have taken the time to call someone who uh, didn't understand their phone and help them understand how to get on Zoom. But uh, the two things that are old fashioned things uh, that people abandon, uh, letter writing and calling people. They've shown mm -hmm. that um, yeah. when people get their mail and there's all this junk, if there's something that looks like a, uh, an invitation or a card, they open it up because it's so rare mm -hmm. that they get it. And so uh, as part of our demonstration product project, we're looking at uh, does calling people up help increase people that are calling on. There were certainly more people that, you know, signed the intention to attend the meeting today as a result of the calling. So I think that um, just the patience, because it takes patience yeah. to tell mm -hmm. someone, find the triangle. <laughs> do you have an iPhone or do you have an Android? Go to the Play Store. What store? So, uh, but that's something that we are, are building in as a model because people from all kinds of programs, medical programs, other programs that are working with people to introduce them to Zoom or Google Speak um, or the other one, Microsoft Teams, that it really takes a, a phone call. And then in the education stream, yeah. the Ministry of Education has bought, they bought 2,000 computers. And it's not for every child that doesn't have a computer, but particularly they've, they've keep, uh, earmarked uh, children who, have special needs, people who may be more disadvantaged. I don't know all of the criteria, but they bought these computers to be delivered to their home because in this era where there's so much remote education, they were getting behind and they wanted to stop the risk that they would get behind because they didn't have that device. And then they pay technical people to go into the home. So I, people have said they wouldn't spend that amount for seniors, but they also said women wouldn't be able to wear pants. So we can, uh, we can say, why not? You know, what, what, you know, we, we do have computers. We had some computers that people would have had in the very week they were going to be distributed. COVID came about. We do know from, I don't know how many of you, did any of you go to the um, conference? There was a big conference on older people going old gracefully. They had a lot of different terms for it, but it was held in August. And uh, Best Buy was one of the people that had a demonstration. Luke was there. Uh, we had a room, a listening space where people could listen to podcast episodes of our podcast. And Best Buy was there. And they said at that conference that they are teaching the geeks. They've selected so many of people that are in the geek squad that they are training to do four basic health um, indicators. So it actually will be covered through the health system because they're going in, they do these health indicators that are needed, but they also help the people connect the computer. So, you know, if, if that's something we could advocate for or learn a little bit more uh, from asking the Ministry of Education, Ministry of Social Studies that were involved in getting the computers to children, you know, what would it take? What would what would need to happen, or what would we like to see happen to get computers to uh, older people, or to get people that can go in and teach them how to use it? 
Yeah, it's the support using the computer that's important because, you know, I know seniors that have computers that really don't have a clue what they're doing with them. I think it's personal contact, you know, mm. like you mentioned, it, the phone call. Because people like to have that personal, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it's more um, in line with that, our history and it provides continuity into the technology. Right, and what we know people don't like is the robocall, where it's a robot calling yeah. up saying, how are you today? <laughs> oh, I just hang up on those immediately. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, some people are using it as a as a health call, so we have to be different mm -hmm. in our personal call and not, uh, you know, to say how are you, uh, we've missed you, or what's going on, so that they trust that it's not just somebody interested in getting in their program, but at the same mm -hmm. time, we're able to communicate there is this program you can participate in. Okay. Speaking of that. Uh, what we do at the end of each time, we ask people if there are particular things they want to present for the next time. And we are looking at next week is right in the middle of Seniors Week. And kind of our format has been that we, we have someone that we interview, we have uh, some creative arts, whether it's a person that's doing a story, a poem, we might have some people that have a song. We understand it, ukulele and, you know, there's some group of musicians that are doing virtual things but i wanted to get if there are any particular uh things that any of you want to do we do have an interview by sylvie uh, a program one of the things people said that they wanted to do when we were meeting in small groups they wanted to interview people in atypical jobs seniors in atypical jobs or that had a typical atypical experiences and also centenarians people who've lived longer and the scientific question of is there a, an aging gene so are there any particular burning uh topics or people things that you'd like to do next week to connect with seniors week i'm gonna have something off of this call that i just had to step out for i'm just processing right now but i think i got some good uh Good news on the way about um, COVID-related information that that needs to get out to the to uh, well different different groups, and I it came up that I I saw an opportunity to to get that type of information to the seniors groups that uh, we all need right now. Okay. So anyway, I'm forming my thoughts around it. I got to talk to Luke about it, but it was a very positive call, and I think there's something that's going to come out of it that's going to be good. Um, Charlotte, yes. were you able to find anything out about the YMCA digital workshops on teaching people how to use um, different aspects of the technology? Like, uh, I think I sent you a link, but I don't know. If when you sent the link, the thing that I, I had a bit of a conversation with uh, Luke, that maybe a thing that we could do either at the beginning, 15 minutes before I show that, but we could do some things on technology to show the people that have already, you know, we have about 44 people. Some of them are not coming on the line, but if that's something that we might have is each time a lesson related to some aspect of, of technology. Right, that would be great. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking like Quirky has done, we, we are actually right now putting together a short video program that's going to be part of a uh, Surrey Pride's uh, virtual festival since they can't have it. But I just realized the video wouldn't work here. I was going to say because some of them are short enough that we could, um, you know, two or three minutes, but, but it, it wouldn't work uh, as far as. So what were you thinking, uh, Pat? Are there some specific, what's the topic of the videos you well, were talking about? They're, they're all related, of course, to Quirky, but we put one together for the International Day uh, uh, Against Homophobia and, Trans, and Transphobia, which became a larger piece, and we were just part of it. Um, and basically what we were doing was um, we talked a little bit about ourselves, and then we were promoting our, our new book, our new anthology, and so there's visuals of the cover and like that, but um, 
there's just different people who have say different things in it. And it, as I say, it, it's fairly short. Um, and we have another we have another one that's older that's also very good. Uh, that's going to be part of this Surrey um, Pride. I, I mean, I I don't know if you could I could send you the the I'll check out first with uh, with Quirky to see if they're okay with it. But then I could I could send it down to you and you could decide whether it could work. So do you think it would be more appropriate for uh, <coughs> the fourth one as something related or connected to Seniors Week or putting it over into uh, August during the uh, Pride Month? During Pride Week, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I know either one, I guess, would, would, would work, yeah. I mean, we, we normally have, I mean, from the day that, from the time that... Um, the Roundhouse started the, the arts pro, you know, the arts day for seniors that was yes. going on now. We've been part of that since then. And so, um, uh, that, so we've uh, always, I was thinking of that, you know, maybe just maybe someone from our group who's written something in uh, our new book could, would come on and, and read, um, you know, that's a possibility too for, for seniors week. I, I'd certainly, I, if people are interested, I could certainly go back to the uh, the chair of the Seniors Advisory Committee for the city and see if she'd be available during on the Thursday during Seniors Week. I mean, that's that's a possibility. <clears throat> and who is that person? Uh, Colleen McGinnis. Okay, because I think also that was someone that uh, Marion from our 411 board had mentioned that there could be a resource to us, but is Colleen McGinnis? Colleen McGinnis, yes. Mm -hmm. You want your phone number? I can get it from you. Okay. Um, I do. Okay, so I'm thinking if we, we, you know, draw a circle of what would be the contents, if we have something, you know, maybe something that's from the creative arts and video area, whether there is a poetry or a story, maybe a story from Quirky or do you have um, Leslie or, or uh, Judith? I'm tempted to say Poser because your phone is called Poser. Poser Judith. <laughs> I have to get another device in order to change my name. From mm. And I haven't got that yet. Okay. It's, it's in the works. Uh, Leslie or Adele, do you have any? Yeah, I'm just thinking uh, Seniors Week, maybe um, thinking about memory again. Um, I have a short story that was actually published in Canadian Stories, which is sort of a family history thing, which I think might be kind of interesting. And how long is it? Uh, probably five minutes. Oh, okay. Quite short. Mm -hmm. And then we have Sylvie's interview because that was showing one of the things we're looking at levels of, of technology, how we are doing uh, transfer of technology. So the very first thing was using the phone and then the next level using Zoom. And then mm. she was at another level that two of us were talking, three of us were talking about this morning, having your own Zoom room where you use your Zoom to interview someone else. Mm. So that would be a good example of just climbing letters of technology as we are moving through this program. Mm. Yeah, I think the big thing that's getting lost is, is the actual issue of isolation because, um, you know, as we've said, not there are a lot of seniors that aren't tech savvy and they like those phone calls. They like that personal contact. And I know um, Century House has got a group of volunteers together just to phone members just to see how they're doing, which mm -hmm. I think is a great initiative. And I'm sure lots of other senior centers are doing yeah. that. Same thing. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Four one one center is calling people for a well call, but I think for our podcast call, we're also calling people who initially were excited about being involved and just for one reason or the other, I mean, they're not using their they do sometimes use their email, but that's another thing that we'll be mm -hmm. continuing and maybe we'll have even more on. Yes, somebody called me like this week. I said, I said, I already go. <laughs> it might have been Robin. Yeah. It might have been. She said, oh, yes, I see your name here. 
Um, so that's for that week. And then with, with, as we move to the 18th and 25th, what we were talking about in our small team meeting is the issue of or the range of indigenous issues broad enough that maybe it's not a choice of do we do it on the 18th or the 25th, but do we do something special on both the 18th and the 25th? For example, uh, they're the political issues that are, are justice issues that are involved in uh, Red Women Rising. But Adele mentioned a filmmaker that there's a documentary. Can you tell the name of the film again? Uh, it's called Unseated Chiefs. Unseated Chiefs. Uh, that, uh, that that might be another aspect if we, from the creative arts side, something that's talked about uh, indigenous issues. There's quite a bit of music. And last year there was a, a film festival. It probably, you know, got shelved, but we might be able to find some of the people that created films for last year and sh show uh, their trailer, if nothing else. Within yeah, that. does the National Film Board have anything? Yes. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have a list. There, there's an organization that's, well, Simon Fraser last year was the host of the Indigenous Film Festival, so mm -hmm. we could contact them to see, uh, you know, if any of those people that presented would be available to show theirs, because they did, they did have their film finished and there were trailers that they used to promote the Indigenous Film Festival. Um, I'm going to have to go. I have another Zoom meeting and I have a call I have to make before that. Uh, I just, I, I guess I, I always thought that we, that this went from one to two, but it's, it's, it's longer, right? And I, I maybe, uh, it's, it seems like it's been different times that it stopped, that we ended. Well, today, because we had this problem, it seemed that some people didn't get the, the link or start, whatever right? was happening. Oh, we started yeah. a little bit later. But uh, is it usually an hour? Just yes. So, yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Because, yeah, because I, I do have that, have um, something else I have to go to every every week, same time, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, does it... Even though, you know, we end at two, sometimes right after two, we formally have stopped the recording, but people have ideas or suggestions for what we'll do in the future. So we, you know, spend a little time talking about that, but formally it's an hour. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. It's good seeing everyone and I'll see you next week. And Bye yeah. Okay. Thank you. Bye -bye. I'll see you on Tuesday. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm um, talking about videos. Um, I went to, it was an event called Good Pitch Vancouver last year, and they were pitching trailers for various documentaries that were in production. Um, one of them was called Clabona Keepers, and it was about uh, the native nation that has been trying to protect the headwaters of the Stikine. And apparently they've been quite successful. So they were making a documentary about this. I don't know what stage it's in, but that might also be something. I could try and find a contact for that, if you like, Charlotte. Yes, that would be good. Yeah. Because it gives us, you know, we have a couple of weeks to work on it. So mm -hmm. that's the other thing, too, with people and the mentors that you have. If there are two or three people in, uh, interested in a thing, uh, it will work to have a time to call you off you know, away from this time to kind of plan and detail a little bit more uh, how you put together a segment on a particular Yeah, topic. I'm just wondering if it might be, if the movie, if the documentary is not finished, it might be possible perhaps to get some of the production, somebody from the production side to do an interview, perhaps. Good idea. Anyway, I'll see what I can find out and I'll send you an email. Okay. Well, actually, um, Adele, Adele is a filmmaker. Can you follow up with talking with her about that? What should I say? So just ask her if she wants to come on the show to talk about... Um... No, no, following up with Leslie, you know, just with what she, the plans oh. for what we would do with film. Yeah, Leslie, of course. Let me ask me anything. You have my yeah, email? okay. Um, I need your email then, Adele, maybe. Okay, so it's A-D. Uh-huh. E-H. E L A D E H E L A D A like Apple, D like Darren, T mm -hmm. like H like horse, 
Mm-hmm. Eat like elephant, L like love. And then A, ap- like Apple, R like Romeo, O like Oscar, P like Peter. Well, I've got your name in the window there. Um, I noticed you've got A-D-H-E-L for your name. So there's no E in there. I thought it was, you said A-D-E-H. So it's A-D-H-E-L, right? Uh, there's a T there, actually. There's a T after the... Oh, there's a difference between our name and the email address. Yeah. There's a... Okay. There's, between D and T, there's a T there. A-D-T. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I thought you said A-D-E. A D T H E L A R O Yeah. Okay. At gmail.com. Okay. And I'm Leslie H at shore.ca. I think I just type that in. And if you need my number, do you want do you need my number too? Or are you gonna or are you just gonna No, it's email's fine, right? Okay. Okay, so we have a plan, and um, I think the stories, as you mentioned, the story from Quirky and the, the movie, if we send it ahead of time so that uh, Luke and ha- Luca Joe can take a look and see how it works, you know, can do a test with bringing it up in a, in a Zoom. That's good. Okay. All right, well, thank you all, all for being here. And Hold on, I just want to clarify. So we're talking two different things. Next week is the senior stuff. And yes. then we're talking about the other two weeks in, in June that are bookends in, the, the interna- international uh, Indigenous day. issues, yes. Yes, okay. But she said that the film that we were talking about, the, there was a film that you put, a video that Pat mentioned mm-hmm. that might work well in the Seniors Day because you as an organization were uh, oh, made what a video. Oh, saying. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, Joel or Luke, do you have any questions? No, I'm good. Okay, guys. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Charlotte. Thank you so much. I'll be in touch, Adele. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.